Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. I'm part of the click, isn't everybody? <laughs> yes! 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 I, I got an idea, yeah. Beat out John Cena! Give me a hell yeah! I pull a little bit of the bubbly. Too sweet! <laughs> <laughs> episode is scheduled for one fall, and it is for your listening pleasure. This is In The Click. What's up, everybody? Baby Huey here, and joining me once again, right next to me is my brother, Tommy. What's up, Tommy? Hey, y'all. What's up? And once again, joining us virtually is our good brother from Pro Wrestling 101 on Instagram. It's Richard. How's it going, Richard? Woo, woo. <laughs> I say virtually, Tommy. Have you noticed? So, for all the clicksters out there, kind of uh, what open up the 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 fourth wall a little bit, a little insight behind the scenes, what goes on here, Richard. So we're talking to Richard via Skype, and I don't know about you, Tommy, but like when we're looking at Richard right now, he looks like one of the fans inside the Thunderdome. Absolutely. A, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this now. <laughs> what are you gonna Enable- do? Enable background blur. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. <laughs> I can see it now. For all the clicksters listening right now, they can't see this, but Richard, he changed his video backgrounds all blurry now. <laughs> That's awesome. So, <laughs> he looks kind of like a hologram, sort of. You yeah, know? it's easy. <laughs> I'm not really here. Yeah. Richard, you should totally apply to be in the Thunderdome and get in there one of these days. That'd be we awesome. all got to go for it. I know, totally. Oh, now you turn your video on. Oh, now it's oh, back there on. there you go. Okay, so... I tried uh, to turn subtitles on, but that it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out still. Yeah, yeah. It's No, technology. I think one thing in 2020... <laughs> Wait, that's a big heart. <laughs> we should go... That's my goal. Before 2020 is up, I want to turn in the click into more video-based if that's possible i don't know richard if that's something you're okay with showing off your pretty mug on on uh the youtubes that's my response <laughs> it's a big old hard side which yeah. uh by the way real quick i want to give you uh props i love the rick flair shirt you have on <laughs> it's the bloody rick flair after uh which which match was that tommy uh that was after uh um, royal rumble yeah 92 92. yeah when he won it all mm-hmm. became the wwe champion yeah and he won the wing eagle belt right yes right, he did yes that winged eagle belt that you're holding right now that's I the know. best royal rumble yes it was all-star literally all-star royal rumble but the yeah. who's who of wwf at the time were in it so but yes I, I i talked about this before on the podcast i was at walmart looking for some aew figures and i just saw that they were selling a toy version of the wing eagle championship so i had to how buy did, it was, how did it feel being a grown man your size and height and everything and you're in the kids section buying a toy okay so tommy i haven't told him this story no so uh earlier this week tommy and i went to get haircuts 
at an undisclosed location. I'll just say that. <clears throat> so protect the innocent there. But uh, on the way home, we were, I was like, you know, let's go buy. There's a Walmart in Pleasanton. And I was like, let me see if the AEW figures are there. Because for the last couple of weeks, I've been going to multiple Walmarts around the Bay Area. Haven't found anything. No luck. I was the ready to The real reason up. why he went to Walmart, because he had to go to the bathroom. Well, I told Tommy, he's like, I got to go to the bathroom. but Because I don't want to tell Tommy right away I was going to go look at toys. Because oh, no. he would just yell at me. So so we, we, we stop at the Walmart in Pleasanton. And I go in there and I do use the restroom. But I was like, let me go check the toy section. Sure oh enough, my I, God. I walked over there and it was like Indiana Jones finding the treasure. I see them like, ah, like a big bright light around the uh, five out of the six figures of the first set of the AEW figure. So uh, Cody wrote, were they all brandy? <laughs> no, they weren't. No brandy. That was the one that was missing. So I got Chris Jericho, got Cody Rhodes, got the Young Bucks, I got Kenny Omega. So I got all five of them. And I saw Drew McIntyre and Shane O'Mac. So I got that one too because I love Drew McIntyre and I don't have a Drew McIntyre figure. So yeah. I got all those. So I'm walking through the store with my hands full of all these figures and everyone's looking at me, this big old man walking with all these toys. If anyone was going to say anything, I was going to say, that's for uh, a kid's birthday party coming up. or something. That's always my go-to I'm 12. excuse. You should have said I'm 12 years old. So I go through the self-checkout. I buy them. And I'm going out. I showed, the, like, the guy, like, stopped me. He's like, can I see your receipt? I had to show the receipt. It's like, like, really? Who else would be buying all these toys? But anyway, I go outside. And Tommy, I'm walking to the car smiling because I'm like, oh, my God. After like two plus weeks of on the hunt looking for these figures, I finally found the majority of them. And Tommy's in the car just shaking his head. It's like just in total disdain <laughs> for what you've done. You so, know? so anyway, yes, I got I'm so happy. I got the figures I want. I got the AW that's, World Championship. I got that's it. I got the, oh, you turned off the video. Oh, well. I got the Wing Eagle WWE Championship, dude. Do you want to talk about the Slim Jims? No, my room. My room is. Oh, awesome. I ordered those, Tommy. I ordered those on, on Amazon. Yeah. So, uh, so what Tommy's referring to? So last night, Tommy and I went to the drive-in concert, see Metallica over at the Alameda County Fair in Pleasanton. And then, uh, so we 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 got there a little early. And we want to get some snacks. So we stopped at the Chevron. Have this really cool big like market inside Little convenience store so we go in there and then we want to get some beef jerky sure enough we see the big macho man box took a photo the big slim jim uh beef jerky the macho savage man. size yeah so we took some photos and uh uh and then i sent it to richard's as proof and then richard you went and bought him a, a pack on amazon yourself for 55 dollars. holy cow <laughs> have you decided what you're gonna do if you're gonna actually gonna eat them i'm going to eat them Good, and I'm good. going to save the box. Good. You good. should enjoy it. Yeah. Totally. What I do with that box, I don't know. Yeah. So, I sh- oh, you know what? I should be posting those photos on Instagram of the Slim Jim. Maybe I'll do that later after the episode. Which, yeah. by the way, thank you everyone once again for joining in the click here. Uh, remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, YouTube at In the Click. And uh, yes, I will post the photos of the Macho Man Slim Jim uh, box that we found at the gas station uh, on our Instagram page. So you can check it out there. So, uh, but yeah, here we are. Another busy weekend in pro wrestling. We're just coming off the heels. Man, I can't believe it's already been one week since SummerSlam, but we're back at it 
for another pay-per-view. Payback happened earlier tonight. A lot of stuff to talk about, and we'll get into that shortly. But first, uh, let's talk about NXT this week. Of course, we love NXT, and there's so much happened on that show this week. We couldn't uh, pass by it. And also, just to give you a heads up, we're going to hold off talking about Raw and SmackDown, because let's be honest, both shows were the go-home shows for Payback, and all the major stuff that happened on that show got carried over into Payback. So we'll address all that stuff during the course of our review of Payback this week. So NXT happened this week. Wow, what an action-packed show coming off on the, the heels of NXT TakeOver 30. That was last weekend. Please listen to our review if you haven't done so yet. And uh, a lot of stuff to get into. It was the fallout from all that. And uh, one of the first big things that everyone was super excited about, it was announced that Wade Barrett, former WWE superstar, former IC champion, Bad News Barrett, was coming back to NXT to call, do some color commentary on the show that night and originally the rumor was it was just going to be one night only but then throughout the show Wade Barrett announced that he's going to come back next week and do some commentary as well so I don't know if it's going to be this is a long term deal what the case may be I'm sure you know it's wrestling they'll probably figure out as they go Um, but one thing that kind of I think gave a lot of people suspicion that this might be a long term deal is his picture was put back on the WWE website So under the NXT umbrella. So maybe this is more of a long-term thing. But Richard, just kind of your thoughts on seeing Wade Barrett back on uh, WWE television. It's got mixed feelings on it. Okay, please. Please share. uh, It's, you know, for me, it's it's hard to see all the NWA guys going Mm -hmm. elsewhere right now. Yep. So there's that. Uh, I thought he did a fine job. Uh, Does anyone care if Morrow comes back? I'm yeah, I'm, like, I'm with you. I'm kind of on the fence. Like, I'm like, I'm not totally missing him that I, much. I like Morrow. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but at the same time, there are times where he is really hard to listen to because he's just screaming or yeah. whatever. He's a but, lot of references to hip hop and all that. Yeah, it's, I, it, well, those it, are fun. But uh, yeah, it, it's a loud personality that at times could be a lot to to take in, kind of be of a distraction of what's going on in the actual ring. Is that is that yeah. a good comparison? Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes it's just so much that it's like I I get taken out of the moment because it's I'm feeling like I'm getting screamed at. So uh, and I'm wondering, is is Nigel furloughed or is he just going to do NXT UK? Because it feels like NXT UK is going to get a proper kind of this is going to be like a relaunch for them. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of confused, too, on all this. And, yeah, I will admit. So one. Sure. When I heard Wade Barrett was coming back, I was like, awesome. Yeah, we love Wade Barrett. I think he he's a great commentator. I mean, we all agree. We all love his work on NWA Power. And you know, when, when he replaced Jim Cornette and he came on in this last run of shows that they did, we were all big fans of it. I thought he was awesome. And yeah, I, I think long term, we were like, yeah, that'd be great if he can be around long term for the NWA. He's a big name, former WWE guy. So help bring some eyeballs to the NWA product. But unfortunately, as we talked about in the past, I mean, Billy Corgan has said because of this pandemic and no fans are allowed in attendance right now and they play a big portion or big part of the show for NWA Power since they are a TV studio wrestling show. So if they can't have fans, there's no point of having a show because it just wouldn't make sense for them. They're not going to do empty arena type stuff. But now they're doing this co-pro. 
Yeah, and, that, and that's a separate thing we'll probably get into at another point. But uh, anyway, yeah, so that's why NWA Power's been on hiatus this whole time, and we've been all missing them very much. But with that being said, everyone on the roster, I'm sure, unless you're like Nick Aldis or something, I'm sure they're probably hurting on money or or looking for ways to you know get by. So that's why we've been seeing NWA, for example, they've been working more with AEW, and we see some of their talent going over there. Thunder Rosa is going to be wrestling for them at All Out, Eddie Kingston, Ricky Starks, and uh, uh, I mean, plenty of people have been going over there. So we'll be, I'm curious to see which more NWA people might be appearing on AEW, even at All Out. They're going to have a big casino battle royale, so there might be some. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some NWA people making a surprise appearances there. But anyway, for so with that being said, Wade Barrett, he's not doing anything as a commentator. I know, uh, who's the other guy, Joe... Uh, Joe uh, Galley, right? Is that yeah, the, Joe yes. Galley? Yeah, I, I think he's like a, a TV reporter, yeah. news reporter in San Antonio. Yeah. So right. he has a job still. Yeah, Wade Barrett. I know he's been doing well, some acting. It, it, it might also come down to that they're just stir crazy. You know, it might not be the money. It's just that they're bored as hell. You know, that too, absolutely. So Wade Barrett, I know he was doing a lot of press promoting this recent movie he was in, but I don't know what other projects he has lined up. So. It, it, it's yeah it might be yeah just something to keep him busy during this time so like i said i i love his work as a commentary with nwa so and he brought that same charisma and personality to nxt this week and i thought he did an awesome job but at the same time when i see them make a move like this richard as you just brought it up i'm like confused it's like wait why not have Nigel just come back? Like Nigel is like their best commentator. He's one of my yeah, favorites. Th- that's why. That's why I'm thinking maybe he's he's going back to the UK. Like he's, he was, do- yeah, moving back. Oh wow, okay. Because it's- I don't see why they wouldn't have him around. And they, were, yeah. I'm guessing Barrett costs more to have to come do two shows than having someone that you you're just furloughing. So yeah. I, I'm I'm really confused by all this, and hopefully, maybe we'll get some clarification at some point. Hopefully, someone can report on this. But yeah, like for me, I, I <laughs> for me, if you're based on who's currently available, I would love it if it's fine. Let's have Vic Joseph be the main play-by-play guy. Have Nigel as the babyface color commentary. Maybe have Wade Barrett as the heel commentary. If you're gonna, have, if you want three people, unfortunately, that means maybe Beth Phoenix has to go to the sideline, but. I'm sure they don't want that right now. Beth is still doing the calls as well. So I don't know. But yeah, maybe Nigel will be NXT UK only. So yeah, I know they're getting their big reset, as you mentioned, Richard. I think what, mid September. So, but still, like, I don't know if NXT UK, don't they like film a bunch of stuff in a row? Like, they film in the past, I know at least they would film like three or four episodes in a row. And so. For Nigel, it's like, sure, in a, in a day or two, he can film a bunch of episodes for NXT UK. But for the rest of the time, what else is he going to be doing? So well, he's a new ha- parent. So, oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. So that also might be why he's not there is that he's a parent. So. Gotcha. Okay. I just, I, I miss Nigel and I think he should be on NXT Prime, as we like to call it. I th- I would love to see him there. Uh but then again, maybe they still want two British guys on the color commentary. So it's like one British person only per show. Yeah, uh, it's like America's got talent. You got yeah. two uh, British hosts. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I, like I said, it's uh, I, I definitely miss 
uh, Nigel, and I wish Nigel was there, and hopefully he can come back soon. I don't know what this whole pandemic. I'm, I'm sure it's throwing everything out the window. But anyway, anyway, but Wade Barrett did an awesome job, and he's going to be looks like around again next week. And I don't know long term what his plans are, so we shall wait and see. But uh, the show did start off with a bang. It's something. I think collectively we were all kind of predicting after NXT TakeOver and word came out that Karrion Cross hurt himself, injured himself during the main event against Keith Lee. He, even though he won the NXT championship, it was reported that he separated his shoulder, had the MRI on Monday. But we knew things were kind of bad based on some of those uh, backstage photos. You could see like he had like a huge knot on his shoulder. It was like swelling up and I was like, Ooh, that's not good. So, uh, it was, he came out to the ring, Scarlett and him did their, their usual entrance. And, but, uh, Karen came out with a black suit on, but had, a, you know, in a sling, his arms. I'm like, Oh, that's not a good sign. That's like, he had the Finn Balor outfit on <laughs> wardrobe on. And so he came out to the ring, cut an amazing promo. Like, yeah, I love the promo. He's like, as pretty much how he fought his way to get this championship and the road bumps there and all that stuff. Well, and it's funny because you're, he's newer to you. Yes. But like, like his strongest point to a degree is his promo, which is like, scary because he's really good in the ring, but like, yeah, he cuts these really good kind of, uh, really dark promos kind Intense. of, kind of like where Alistair black tries to hit, but misses, you mm-hmm. know, where black, goes there and then like it's just kind of like what the fuck are you talking about like yeah. he'll throw some reference to mythology that you've never heard yeah so he cut this amazing promo and he kind of more or less said that he's going to give up the, the NXT championship because he's injured and he's going to have to relinquish it but he just he just gave a warning to the NXT rosters like when he comes back all healthy you know it, it, he's, he's putting it out there that He's going to go through everyone if he needs to to get back that championship. So he's just putting a warning out to everyone. So he uh, put the NXT championship on uh, the middle of the ring. And I like the effect of what's like some fog came in and kind of, uh, uh, you know, took, you know, kind of added to the situation and kind of came over the title. It was very cool. And uh, yeah, it was announced that he had to give up the championship. And you could tell like he was trying to keep it in. Scarlett definitely looked sad too for him, and I'm, I'm sure it's a very sad situation for all parties involved because this is arguably his biggest accomplishment to date in pro wrestling, and he had to give it up give it up a couple days later. So, uh, Richard, just kind of your thoughts on just Karrion Cross having to give up the championship? It's bum. It's a bummer. You know, I'm I've I've been in his corner for a very very long time, so it's just yeah. kind of like, God damn it, like such such bad timing. Yeah. Uh, Major props to the guy for finishing the match, because mm-hmm. uh, goddamn, you, I mean, there's a there's Jim Cornette talked about it on his show, and he he kind of gave people where you can actually see where it went wrong. Uh, it's like the first or second time he gets clotheslined by Keith Lee, you can see the way he falls down, and when he pops back up, you can see the the swelling in the shoulder already, and okay. it's just kind of like. That's so because I thought it was mid match. And when he kind of laid it out like that, I'm like, my God, he went for like 15, 20 more minutes. Yeah. And and lifted Lee up. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. So, and uh, I, I heard a clip of, of him as well saying, like, you could tell right away, like the rest of the match, he had his arm, like, he was holding his right arm up and it was keeping it by his waist and was not trying to use much of it. And so 
God, I mean, what a warrior to finish the match and, and man, just what a tough, badass dude he is. And yeah, like it's, it sucks. It's sad. As I said, biggest moment of his career, he has to give it up and very similar to what Finn Balor went through. God, four years ago now with the, the universal championship. So they even say officially a timeline for the, what the, it takes to get surgery and heal up from this. I would not be surprised. It, it, it can be anywhere from, from six weeks to six months. Yeah. I mean, it just depends on the person. I think how they heal, their body heals. I, I, I think when it comes to shoulders, I mean, we've seen, you know, obviously like Finn Balor, Randy Orton, a lot of guys deal with this injury. It's a it's a serious injury, especially because how much you use your shoulder in pro wrestling. So, I, I mean, I, I know he probably he's hungry to get back into the ring right away, but take your time and heal up because you don't want that to repeat itself because remember like randy orton for god what was it like a couple years he was like oh, on yeah. again, off again getting hurt over and over and god that's like at least what 10 years ago but there was a good stretch where he was constantly re-aggravating his shoulders it was like right when he debuted i remember yeah. this yeah i remember he he like did a cross body in one and then he couldn't lift up his arm and then he came back and each time he came back he got more and more tattoos so yeah <laughs> and less hair he started cutting it more shorter yeah. and shorter so but yeah no if for carrying cross i mean hope uh, a speedy recovery there and looking forward to when he does come back going on a tear again and i'm sure whoever's the champion at the time please this is a warning he's gonna come after you <laughs> getting back to championship he never lost so yeah. uh looking forward to that and then uh later on in the show william regal gm william regal came out to the ring earlier in the night we saw him and like the major heads the uh what's the the brains behind nxt so him triple h Shawn michaels matt bloom and was there anyone else in the room i can't think but they were in like a, there was conference. a there was, i think one other person yeah. i reckon i didn't recognize him but they're in the conference room and they're having a meeting about what's going on. And I love seeing that. It's like, you know, the, the minds behind it all kind of figure out what to do next for the, for the company. And uh, sure enough, William Regal comes out to the ring and makes a big announcement. So because of the injury next Tuesday, when I say Tuesday, super Tuesday for NXT, it's going to be on Tuesday night next week for NXT, which I don't know. Do you know Tuesday, why? Tuesday, Tuesday, <laughs> there's a, a football or basketball or baseball or something's on that takes priority on USA network. I think it's yeah. the NHL playoffs. Oh, it's going to be on USA. Yeah. They're okay. on the USA network. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So I, I think that's going to be great, <laughs> dude. Like impact wrestling is going to be like, damn it. Like all of our yeah. viewers, they're gonna go watch NXT that night. But uh, it's uh, it's gonna be a fatal four way Iron Man match to declare the new NXT champion. And it was announced that it's gonna be Johnny Gargano, uh, Finn Balor, also a returning Tomasa Ciampa, who we saw make his return this past past week in a, a squash match against Jake Atlas. Poor Jake Atlas. He got a bad beatdown. Brutal. Brutal beatdown. And it just for it, it, it announced to the rest of the world that Ciampa is back and he's a heel. He beat the crap out of Jake Atlas. And when they try to take Jake Atlas away, he beat him up some more and did a uh, uh, got him under the ring and uh, uh, did uh, like a springboard springboard and... into the the to the to the bottom pipe, of the ring the bottom of the ring nasty move so yeah. Champa is back full-blown heel and uh, uh who's the fourth person who am I thinking of oh Adam Cole, Cole baby. baby of course so uh I'm super excited I mean <laughs> next week's episode you, you just know the second half of the show is just gonna be dedicated to this Iron Man match. So, all right, let's go with our early predictions. Uh, Tommy, who do you think is going to win the Fatal Four Way? 
I am going with Finn Balor. Okay. How about you, Richard? Uh, Adam <laughs> Cole, baby. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. I'm kind of leaning towards Finn Balor myself just because... Like I, I feel like an Adam Cole, he just obviously just lost it what six weeks ago. Yeah, but I can Actually, see, yeah. let me. I'm gonna change mine. I'm gonna change mine. Oh, you change? Okay, I'm what gonna go Champa. Champa. See, that's my mm. other pick was maybe Champa because he never lost the title himself when he got injured with his neck and had to give up the championship. That's right. I think Johnny Gargano, his time to get it back. I mean, that's the thing. By the way, all four of these guys are former NXT champions, and yep. they're kind of positioning it. They can easily argue be the Mount Rushmore of NXT uh, superstars. But anyway, yeah, uh, Gargano, former champion himself, short reign last year, right? It was barely six weeks when he won it. He's a baby face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Back then. So it's, uh, yeah, it it was interesting. I guess you could say Finn is kind of the baby face of this bunch. Uh, Yeah, out of this group. uh, Theoretically, Finn is the baby. They're all heelish, though. It's it's, It's very different. Exactly. Kind of, they're well, all tweeners. shades of gray. Tweeners, uh, uh, Adam Cole's been kind of in the middle lately with the whole Pat, Pat McAfee stuff. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting here. I, 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 I was the Gargano, I think, like I said, it's not his time yet, even though he, he that's been kind of his, his goal these last couple months as far as trying to fix NXT and being world champion again and Candice LeRae, his wife being female champion, women's champion, then they could be the ultimate power couple. Well, wait, 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 wait. Are we, are we, what you just said, are we bearing a lead there? Which lead? Gargano might have the advantage because of Candace. Oh. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's Neither true. did I until you said that. Because I wasn't just... even thinking about her. Good way to cause... capitalize on that. Yeah. And then she can uh, I mean, fulfill... I thought, I thought it was a missed opportunity when, remember when, uh, Alistair Black got jumped by Gargano that mm-hmm. whole storyline yeah. yeah, it was a missed opportunity that it should have been Candace because he it. wasn't a heel that long back then anyway yeah like and- the swerve would have been Candace because everyone would have thought Johnny and then she should have stepped up and said it was me and I did it and she her reasoning was I did it for you yeah interesting yeah. just like Rikishi so- did it for the rock <laughs> yes <laughs> Goddamn right he did. Yeah. So, um, uh, it, that that's a good swerve there, opportunity right there. Um, well, and we just saw her do that in the ladder match. Yeah, she was helping out, trying to help him get the North American Championship. The reason mm-hmm. I was thinking Champa is he never lost the title. He came back. He's a heel now, and kind of springboard this return of old school Ciampa that we all know and love. But the reason I was thinking Finn is like, okay, he, he came back to NXT end of last year. He's been having these great, like one-off matches and face uh, having some small rivalries going, but nothing like mm-hmm. super long term. Yeah. And it's like, why have Finn Balor come back to NXT? Like, where's this going? Like at first when he came back, it was super exciting. It was awesome. And, you know, even when the AJ Styles and the uh, the club came to that one episode of NXT and he was outside the ring and he acknowledged them with the kind of like the Bullet Club signal to mm-hmm. each other, even though they never actually aligned with each other, but they acknowledged one another inside uh, Full Sail University. And then, like I said, Finn hasn't done anything super significant. So I was like, 
you got to give him something to do. So maybe put the championship back on him. Plus, he had a great match against Damian Priest back in In Your House. Yeah, so it's like, put the championship on him. He's a big name. Obviously, he had some good years on Raw and SmackDown. And, you know, between the whole ratings war that's going on for Wednesday night, put the title on him. He's he's arguably the biggest name out of the four of them. So you put the championship on him, hopefully get some more eyeballs back on NXT. More viewers. That's what I'm thinking from a business standpoint. And and then that way you give him something new to do and just hopefully use that momentum to give him some great opponents moving forward. Because arguably all these guys, whoever wins, the three losers have a reason to go after that champion still. So there's there more st- fresh storylines built well, right there. Well- once the borders open up again, isn't Balor supposed to go back and face Walter? Oh, yeah. They never finished that storyline. Mm. I would love to see. Or maybe champion versus champion at. Uh, maybe. Uh, like, you know, November. Worlds around Collide. Survivors. Yeah. Worlds Collide or, or like War Games in November. I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm with you. It's War uh, Games. <laughs> by the way, War Games, hopefully someone else is in it besides Undisputed Era. Even though I love them, but they need some more teams to go at it. It's like some fresh <laughs> matchups. <laughs> They've done three, and I think Undisputed Era has been a part you of all three. have more continuity in these uh, stipulations. So anyway, I, I'm just saying, like, I, I'm thinking Finn, just because, like I said, it, it, he's the biggest name, and it gives him something to do. So we'll wait and see. I'm looking forward to this. It, it's, uh, it's, it's It's not one you can easily call. I mean... Exactly. You can make an argument for each of them. So exactly. It's, it's, uh, and it's an Iron Man match, so you can you know win multiple times, and it's great. Yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to this. And, yeah, of course, we'll do a review afterwards and breaking it all down. So, oh, yeah. also, the biggest takeaway from this show or this episode of NXT was new tag champions crown. Imperium lost to Breezango. Uh, Richard, your thoughts on that match? Uh, I thought it was pretty entertaining for what it was. Yeah, for what it was. Yeah, it 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 was very sudden as far as Imperium just all of a sudden just losing them on a an episode of NXT and not at a takeover per se. But now, as we just mentioned earlier, NXT UK is starting back up, so maybe they want Imperium back over there. So maybe that's why they had to kind of just suddenly drop the titles to Brizango. And unfortunately for Brizango, I think this title reign is going to be extremely short, or it's not going to be super long as far as. We saw them later on in the night. They were uh, taking on the guys in Legados del Fantasma. Did I say that right, Tommy? Yeah, you did. <laughs> so uh, I, I see those two going at it for the tag championship, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, uh, Fantasma's team uh, picks up the victory and becomes new tag champions to really solidify their stable between <laughs> Cruiserweight champion and the tag championships, making them a really badass new faction on NXT. So kudos to Brizango. It's their first championships ever as a tag team. So mm-hmm. despite all the years on Raw and SmackDown, they never won any tag titles. So uh, props for them. This is their first goal together as a tag team. And then uh, uh, later on, speaking of uh, uh, Legados del Fantasma, <laughs> we saw Santos Escobar, the NXT Cruiserweight champion, defeat Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, Richard, what are your thoughts on that match itself? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm big on, on uh, Delgado, Dai Fantasma. Uh, I, I, I enjoy what they're doing very much. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm into it. It's yeah, good. yeah, yeah. So uh, it, it was great to see them uh, wrestle. I, I, I mean, obviously they have history, obviously going back to Lucha Underground as a uh, King Cuerno and a uh, kill shot. So um, I, I thought like the second half of this match really started picking up. And so 
Uh, I don't know if this is a one and done thing, or I could see this kind of rivalry kind of keep going, kind of gives uh, uh, Swerve something to do in the meantime, and hopefully they can put on some more bangers together. And then later on, we saw uh, Drake Maverick take on Kyle O'Reilly, and uh, Kyle O'Reilly got the victory. And then uh, we saw Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong jump in the ring and start beating up Drake Maverick. And then Kyle O'Reilly tried to like stop them, like, whoa, whoa, stop you guys, don't beat them up. And then they kind of pulled back, and then we saw Killian Dane come in, make the save, and then when Undisputed Era cleared out, he then clotheslined Drake Maverick himself. So, just rich your thoughts on, is there some issues going on with Undisputed Era right now? I mean, I know Adam Cole's busy with the title scene right now again, but what do you think this is kind of uh, 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 signifying here? I think it's early days that there's some issues, and I think it's it's going to lead to something a couple months down the line i'm guessing because it's they're doing a slow thing you know yeah. real slow because what two three weeks ago you had kyle o'reilly on and he's slapping the guys and telling them to get their act together and yeah that or or you know they're just getting back on the same page so it's one or the other yeah. um but they've yeah. been together so long you got to imagine that how much more is left yeah at this point we're like what else can they accomplish quote on the nxt brand could they get moved up to Raw or SmackDown and kind of that will freshen things up for them and new storylines for them and new situations for Undisputed Era to get in? Or they're going to stay on NXT long term and maybe one way to freshen things up is just to split them all up. So, Tommy, are oh, you yeah. uh, are you a fan of Undisputed Era splitting up? Yeah, I think it would be um, a great uh, change for all of them i think yeah maybe kyle o'reilly maybe becomes the baby face out of all of them and he goes on his own run i don't know i i mean i love undisputed era i have all the, a bunch of their t-shirts so i would hate to see this faction go away and like these t-shirts become old <laughs> kind of pointless so from my own wardrobe standpoint i want undisputed era to stick together so yeah being a little at least five there. more years guys at least five, five more, more years the shirts get really worn down then i can move yeah. on when they get yeah. the worn down then Undisputed Era, they can move on to new things, and then I can buy some new shirts then. So, Which, by the way, I got the email, buy one, get one for a dollar tonight, so I'm kind of tempted to go online oh boy. get oh some new shirts. So, uh, and then the main event, we saw uh, Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai take on Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. Uh, great match. Dude, all four ladies went out there and just kicked ass. Richard, your uh, thoughts on the main event here? It, I mean, it delivered. I mean, yeah. big, big time because I mean, it, it's, it's the main event as well. Yeah. So, um, I'm big on Dakota Kai. I want to see more, uh, is it rock? It's Raquel, right? Raquel. Yeah. Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah. It Raquel used to Gonzalez. be Reyna. So, yes. And it was like a cowboy, uh, like a female Stan Hansen, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, oh, by the way, I, I happy belated birthday to Stan Hansen. Yeah. Yes, I want to see more of her and and uh, and Rhea Ripley very very soon. Oh my god! Like I said, uh, I was thinking Raquel was like the MVP of this match, like or she at least impressed me as far as I love her power moves. She did very similar like a Jeff Cobb type uh, uh, around the world move where she uh, spun around and body slam. I oh, love yeah. The gut wrench. Yeah, gut wrench, I yes. love it. The way she does it, boom, big, powerful move. Also, I really love just... Uh, uh, so we saw Rhea Ripley towards the end. She tried to get the hot tag. The ref said no. He didn't see the tag happen. Went back in the corner. Uh, Mercedes Martinez came out, interfered, or at least you know pull, pulled out her legs. She hit the mm-hmm. steps. Little days. Io Shirai finally got the tag, and Rhea Ripley came in all days, and Raquel just 
bam, like booted her in the face, mm-hmm. did her version of a power bomb, mm-hmm. and got the victory there. But Raquel, I was thoroughly impressed with her move set, and yeah, I would love to see more of her and Rhea Ripley go at it. But Rhea Ripley also has continuous beef going on with uh martinez so i don't know what's your the match yeah so i don't know which direction they go first but she already has two uh opponents lined up so rhea ripley has a lot on her plate right now (laughs) and eo shirai is just gonna stand there and wait for uh i'm sure the winner of all that and i'll probably be the number one contender for it so uh nonetheless very exciting episode nxt unfortunately because of some last minute unplanned advance but i love the nxt on the fly was able to uh uh, react and come up with some exciting new stuff for next week. So looking forward to uh, next week's episode of NXT. And uh, here we are jumping ahead to tonight. We saw another pay-per-view or actually, is it still okay to call it a pay-per-view even though it's on the WWE network? IPPV. IPPV or they call it network event. I think that's what the commentators are supposed to call. It. I'm still old school. I call it yeah, pay-per-view. It's like, like medical facility, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. Spanish announce table. Yes. So, um, so, uh, was payback was tonight and it's coming off the heels. Like I said, one week ago of SummerSlam. And I don't think we ever got a full on explanation of why this pay-per-view was happening one week later. I know a couple months ago there was rumors. Uh, very similar to WrestleMania being two nights. The rumor was SummerSlam was going to be two nights just because, you know, it's one of the big four pay-per-views and, you know, they, they want to make it WrestleMania light in the summertime and have a bunch of matches. But instead of doing it all in one night because there's no fans there, they were going to cut it in half and split it over two nights, which I was actually going to be a fan of. I was like, I, thought, I love SummerSlam. I would love to see it go over two nights, but then whatever reason another rumor was they changed their mind and there was a rumor of SummerSlam one night and like Evolution 2.0 on another night but now they come to find out it was just going to be SummerSlam one weekend payback another weekend so well it, and that makes sense though because it had they done Evolution then you would have had Sasha and Bailey wrestle in three different matches yeah that's true because so, all the titles be on the line yeah so it's like it's not really Evolution it's the Sasha Bailey show <laughs> And you didn't want to have them lose all of their belts in one night. So, yeah, or I guess all of them, but Bailey's. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, no, but nonetheless, it, it was a fun show overall. And like we do with all of our pay-per-views, let's give our initial thoughts and then we'll work our way down just recapping the matches. So, Richard, your thoughts on Payback this year? I, I liked it. And I, I I did like the fact that it was a week later because we got... I mean, last on SummerSlam, we got Mysterio and Seth Rollins, so we wouldn't have been able to get the excellent tag team match that we got tonight with Ray and Dominic against Buddy Murphy and Seth Rollins. So uh, I liked it. Uh, there, I mean, there was also storylines that didn't make it on SummerSlam that made it on here, like Baron Corbin and Matt Riddle, and that was a good match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheamus and Biggie was a good match. I, I don't think anything was bad on the show. Nothing offended me. Yeah, I mean, if I had the maybe like the weakest show of the night was probably yeah riddle and corbin but just because the rest were all really good matches so if you just had to kind of prioritize which one was the weak weak link for tonight uh tommy how about you what were your thoughts on just overall payback as a show i thought the matches were really fun it was a fun event yeah it went by fast it was like two and a half hours so hey if we can get eight matches in yeah. actually more well, actually seven there was a kickoff a match on the kickoff show but seven matches in two and a half hours that's fine by me it makes our sunday nights a lot easier and quicker to get through but uh yeah i'm with you overall 
I thought a very fun paced show. Also, I, I think part of it, some of these matches were probably stuff that maybe they didn't feel like were big enough to be on SummerSlam's level or SummerSlam level caliber type matches. So they probably was like, let's hold them off to the following week. And then some other stuff that's been kind of brewing on Raw and SmackDown respectively that they can put over here. So SummerSlam had a bunch of matches and then the leftover matches for, for payback, which fine by me, it, it spreads everything out by a week. So it gives us enough time to watch and process it all. It and felt so, like something from like, like 2000, a pay-per-view from 2000. Yeah. Just yeah, like true. pacing wise, it was quick. And, and you know, like they were, TV storylines that came to pay-per-view. Not necessarily pay-per-view matches, but, like, it's this is the end of it. Baron, yeah, Baron shut up and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was... Uh, no, it, it, overall, very fun show. And uh, so the kickoff show, we saw the Riot Squad take on the Iconics. Richard, did you watch the kickoff show at all? Nope. Okay. No, I, was, I was playing video games like an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Or uh, an adult going to the toy section. No comment. I was, I was shooting people, Danny. In the video game. Yeah. Say that. Just a disclaimer out there. No, but so with the Riot Squad, the big takeaway, because like, keep in mind, the Riot Squad have just reunited, so they're still like a fresh tag team once again, and there's history of them splitting up and going at it, Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot, And the big uh, high point of this match was uh, the Iconics try to set up Ruby Riot as if she hit Liv Morgan and Liv Morgan was like outside kind of I wouldn't say crying but like on the fence of like wanting to return to the match and help out Ruby Riot but sure enough she's like F that she jumped back in and got the tag and Riot Squad got the victory and then Ruby Riot and her went over to the uh, kickoff show panel and was like like we're on the same page we're, we're we're here for each other so it's just establishing that they're back together for good they're all, everything's going good right now so it was a good feel good moment to see them get a big victory against the iconics and uh that the tag team is uh back together for good for the time being we'll see how this plays out so the main show kicked off it was the u.s title match uh champion apollo cruz taking on bobby lashley and uh tommy you and i were watching this what were your kind of your thoughts on uh this opening match uh, it was a good match. I mean, I thought um, Lashley just looked like Amazing. a beast in there. Yeah, Dude, beast. he looked super jacked. And I love his, his. I love when he's wearing pants and he's got like the Hurt Business and gold on one side and his his silhouette on the other side. I, I love his outfit. And I just thought Apollo Crews just looked like a poor sport out there. And that was the match. That was the know. big takeaway. So, uh, yeah, Apollo Crews lost. Bobby Lashley got the victory. And, uh, yeah, after the match, they were celebrating, and uh, Apollo Crews, as a source board, came and started attacking him. But, yeah, Richard, your thoughts on this match itself? I, I thought it was really, really good. Uh, yeah. Probably my second favorite match of the night, actually. Really? Yeah. It, w- it was, uh, I mean, Bobby Lashley. I'm, I'm very happy to see he's a champion again. I know he's IC champion within the last year and a half, two years. So, I, Bobby I mean, Lashley he- is one of those guys, like Chris Benoit, that always should have gold on him. Yeah, Bobby like, La- whether whether it's the the world title or like U.S. intercontinental, whatever you mm-hmm. know, twenty four seven even he should he he just looks like a champion and he looks naked without a championship on. Him. <laughs> yeah, he needs actual gold belts to go with his gold pants. That's yeah. what I think. Yeah, totally. It looks great. And so and, and the thing is, I'm glad he got the victory because for her business, for their sake as a this faction. I mean, they're doing their thing on Raw Underground again this week. They made an appearance there. They were kicking ass. So I think to uh, legitimize their existence, they need some gold, I think, to really show that they're one of the top 
factions in WWE. So for him to get this victory here, I thought it was great. I was Tommy and I were laughing after the match. They're posing, and, and MVP grabbed the cameraman and started taking photos, and they started showing the like the Polaroids on the TV screens. It looked like a high movie, like. Uh slideshow slideshow yes yeah, so yeah. no it was very fun like i i enjoyed that i uh i i enjoyed just them kind of posing and so like listen i know some people criticize her business because they're all like older guys in their 40s and you're not quote pushing younger talent but fuck right? that but yeah no that's the thing it's <laughs> if, like if you're I mean, a wrestling fan and you actually think that's that's not wrestling then you got you don't know what wrestling is. <laughs> yeah, well my thing is like listen, MVP, oh my god, he's been MVP of this pandemic era, no pun intended, as far as his mic work and how he like tries to manipulate people in the back like he's been doing with Cedric. So like everything And he's, he's also the mouthpiece for Bobby Lashley and uh Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, uh, Shelton well, Benjamin. I, I, let's let's be realistic here. Did do any of those three guys look like Kurt Angle's last run when they get into a ring? As as far as performing, the way they move, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they all perf- perform great. Yeah, then then why do people complain that they're older guys? Like you shouldn't be thinking about their age. Ric Flair was doing that in his fifties. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, look at look like, in the Attitude Era when Ric Flair was you know representing WCW in the mid to late nineties. He was what in his forties then. Yeah. Like He's I mean, there, the, the the age that these guys are right now. Exactly. So and, and listen, I mean. Uh, you can't just throw young talent on the screen and expect them to be over overnight. No pun intended with that, but it takes time to build up people. So you build up the older veterans as these badass threats. And then when you have a young talent, that's ready to be put over, then that's when they go up against these veterans who are established uh, people that could like help put over the younger talent. So you you mean like what we saw tonight with Keith Lee and Randy Orton? Exactly. So, yeah, good one. So I'm looking forward to talking that one. So yeah. no, but Bobby Lashley looked awesome. I'm so happy he's champion. Apollo Cruz, yeah, kind of a sore sport at the end as far as attacking them during their uh, photo op at the very end. So I don't know. Hopefully this this rivalry is done. I think it's a little played out now. Yeah. Hopefully Bobby Lashley can move on to someone else. I don't know if they're going to still try and manipulate Cedric, Cedric Alexander, which by the way, I laughed on raw this week when Mark Henry came out during the, <laughs> during the arm wrestling. He said Cedric, the entertainer. Well, and- uh, there's an explanation for that. Okay. If, <laughs> if you're, if you're a busted open listener, you know that they did a, uh, uh, SummerSlam party virtual party they got mark to drink and mark is not a drinker oh no so like when he's on air he's getting things wrong and names wrong and talking (laughs) real slow yeah and i think you what we saw on monday was some some after effects of that because he was drinking uh the rocks tequila oh so, okay so, <laughs> so it wasn't just beer it was hard alcohol and i think he was a little hung over on monday <laughs> so it was funny he said cedric the entertainer and he's like oh but wait he's not that entertaining as alexander or something he, he, to re- <laughs> he recovered pretty quickly but anyway i laughed i was like because i've made that mistake myself i've said cedric the entertainer on this podcast so that's i was a, like i'm with you mark henry 
So, so embarrassing. So, uh, but yeah, for her business, I'm really excited to see what they do next. And like I said, I think you got to establish these guys as a badass veterans, and then they'll put over young talent down the road. But in the meantime, in this movie, maybe. Maybe, yeah, we'll see what happens with next with that. So, uh, next up on match that he kind of announced last minute, Big E taking on Sheamus and, um, Big E with a big victory here. So, hey, Sheamus, you know, is Sheamus a Grand Slam champion? Yes. Yeah. So, dude, Big E, as far as, you know, the beginning of this quote, new singles run push for him, he got a big victory over Sheamus, who Sheamus is a very decorated WWE superstar. So, uh, Richard, your thoughts on just Big E getting a big victory tonight? I, I'm all for Biggie's push here because they're not forcing it. It, it mm-hmm. feels natural. The announcers aren't overdoing anything. I think everyone's just kind of uh, testing the waters with him, and mm-hmm. and I'm liking it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like the, the, it, I don't watch Talking Smack, but I've seen the highlights. So they're kind of laying the foundation over on Talking Smack. They're giving him some just good competition on SmackDown. And then as far as, you know, Early on, on a pay per view, having a match against a a credible opponent like Sheamus, I'm I'm with you. Like, let this be a slow build to whatever this is going to lead for him. Either either uh, Intercontinental Championship down the road, or maybe a Universal Championship uh, run at the end of all this. So, I'm with you. It's like you you. This is a situation you don't want to put the rocket on him because then people might turn on him. Because that's one thing about I think WWE fans. When someone's getting pushed down our throats too fast, that's when we turn on them right away. Instead, if it's a slow, organic build, that's when we really fall in love with someone and really cheer for when they do succeed after the buildup. So with Big E, I'm super excited for this. This is a great way to start building him up and what he's going to do next on SmackDown. And then uh, next up, we saw Matt Riddle take on King Corbin. And uh, Matt Riddle getting a... Is this technically his first victory on a, a pay-per-view? I yes. believe so, because he wasn't at SummerSlam. So Matt Riddle making his pay-per-view debut, gained a victory over King Corbin. Uh, Richard, just uh, this match was – was this match also announced last – no, it was announced, I think, last week as well. But yeah. uh, but your just thoughts on this match between the two of them? It was slow until the last four minutes, and the last four minutes really picked up. And uh, what's what's that, that high-flying move that Riddle does? Uh the- is it the one where like he uh the corkscrew move. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh um oh my god. I'm Whatever it is, it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I I, I liked how because I was just starting to get like a little when's this gonna be over and then it was over and as a couple Is it the Proton? Sure. Might be that. Well yeah, I'm with you because like I think Baron Corbin was laying in a lot of offense. Like a lot of rest holds and stuff in that Yeah, match, Matt so. Riddle was taking a beating the majority of this match and then finally snucked out the win at the end. So I, I think for, for Matt Riddle, good for him. I, I was kind of anticipating Corbin was going to get the victory here tonight because this was probably maybe the first of several matches between the two of them across multiple pay-per-views. So I thought Corbin was going to lose, he, or excuse me, win here and then Riddle will get back at him like the next two matchups. But nonetheless, Riddle got the victory here, and then um, he was backstage doing an interview with uh, with one of the new commentators. You saw that? They have like a new, it looks like Renee's replacement. Yeah, yeah, Renee's replacement already. Uh, but so Riddle's being interviewed, and all of a sudden he gets attacked from behind from King Corbin, so put him through a, the, uh, a table full of food on it. So 
Uh, obviously, that's a sign this rivalry is, is far from over. So we'll see more of that on SmackDown as we go. And then uh, next up, we saw the the women's tag team ta- women's tag team title match. Uh, champions Sasha Banks and Bailey taking on the odd couple of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. Um, Richard, your uh, this match, I mean. Like this match was kind of thrown together last minute. I felt like as far as it was a little bit awkward as far as Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, they were kind of going after each other as two heels. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, we'll work on the same page just because uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend or whatever that saying is. The, but the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yes. Yeah. So they're like, if we work together, let's, let's get the goal and then we'll, uh, sell it with each other down the road. So, anyway, just uh, it was kind of thrown together this matchup between the two. Um, it was on SmackDown. <laughs> Bailey and Sasha were in the ring, and I loved their promo as far as Bailey obviously being a terrible friend and throwing like bad jabs at Sasha Banks. As far as you know, like there's people who can't handle like holding two belts, and then even backstage she was like, you know, some people can't be, some people are only meant to be tag team champions only, and it was kind of a little bit of a dig at Sasha Banks. So Bailey is laying the Easter eggs of just how she's just not a good friend right now, Sasha Banks, and Sasha Banks could eventually just give up and tired of hearing all this crap and take it out on Bailey. So they're building up this slow burn of the eventual split here. But uh, yeah, your thoughts on this? Uh, oh, but anyway. Also in that promo, we see Nia Jax and Shannon Baszler making an appearance on SmackDown. That promo was a little cringy, the two of them, as far as I just don't think they have really great chemistry with one another. Neither one of them are promo people. Exactly. I mean, they're both you know monster heels when they're out there kicking ass. But yeah, their mic work is uh, whatever. But anyway, your thoughts on this match itself? I thought the outcome was predictable. Uh, I thought the match for me personally was the match of the night. Really? Yeah, I was I I I don't like Nia Jax most of the time. Yeah, uh, but I do like Shayna, and Shayna kind of over delivered in this one. I love mm-hmm. all those gut wrench suplexes and whatever that toe submission into the the choke at the end was very impressive. Oh my god, that like, finish! Like when Sasha's reaching over to prevent bailey from tapping out she uses sasha's own arm to choke bailey i yeah. was just like god damn that's an impressive way to win a match and then yeah. they did yeah it was incredible finish there as far as uh, uh yeah i mean the finish was uh baszler put applied the uh muda lock on sasha banks yeah and the uh Kerfuda clutch on bailey at the same time but when banks tried to help bailey break the hold that's when Baszler grabbed Banks' hand and applied more pressure on Bailey in the match. What a so great! That was a great finish. Great visual. That, clever. It, it was one of those things that it's it was like, well improvised. Yeah, you didn't need a you didn't need to tease anything else. They didn't need to be closer to the ropes. It was just kind of like they're both trapped. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was amazing because Baszler. This obviously in one move or one finish, it reestablished Shayna Baszler as a badass because I think a lot of people felt she kind of cooled off post what WrestleMania. That, that was a Bret Hart finish. Yeah, dude, like it was super yes. technical. I mean, it reminds people that she's a badass MMA fighter who's very technical, and it was a great way to like you know have Sasha caught up in, you know in the legs, and then she was using her arm. Shayna was using her arms to get Bailey down and then bring she falls in a mat and has both of them trapped and then yeah use sasha's arm to choke out bailey it was like 
it can add more fuel to the fire because Bailey could be like, you know, pissed off, be like, listen, like you used your arm to, to choke me out. Like, what kind of friend are you? So I, I think easily this can add more fuel as far as them breaking up because they could be really upset now and like, okay, we're no longer tag champions. Bailey, all she has now is the women's SmackDown championship. And listen, I know I was very against Bailey retaining at SummerSlam. I wanted Asuka to win both championships, but now it makes sense why Bailey's still SmackDown champion. That way, when Sasha and her break up, Sasha will become the babyface, Bailey will become the heel. Sasha will go on this run to win the eventual SmackDown Women's Championship as the babyface and get a title. I don't think she's had some, she's never been SmackDown champion, I don't believe. She's always been Raw champion. Yes. So this would be great. It's a title that she's never had. So she's had every other championship in WWE except for that one. So that makes her like a, a, a Grand Slam champion in her own right. But so that's what I'm, I'm saying. It's like, okay, for the point of the story, this is long-term story. This is something, Richard, you have said many times in recent episodes. It's like, don't get caught up in this one moment. What You got to look at the whole big picture here and connect the dots. So that's why I'm super excited that Bailey retaining the SmackDown Women's Championship is ultimately for Sasha's. That's her goal in a couple months. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. So, yeah, next week, I, I wouldn't be surprised on SmackDown. They get mad at each other, take jabs. It's like, it was your fault. No, it was your fault. Like, oh, you cost, you didn't help me to win the championship or you weren't there to win. Or it's like, no, you used your arm and choked me out. And so, and it's like, we have no championships now. We only have one left. And even uh, Graves said, Sasha, no belts now or something. So <laughs> it, it was great. So, as far as moving along their story, I'm excited for. My only concern is I think the long for the long time the goal was to have Sasha versus Bailey in front of a crowd. But unfortunately I don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon. I mean, I know they have the Thunderdome now, and that's great. So I don't know. I like mean, part of me is like I want to see this hold off a little bit and wait having this matchup when crowds can return. But I, I, I mean, with the pandemic, that's a big question mark. You're ready want, for it. <laughs> yeah, we're ready for it. We don't want to drag it out for too long. So part of me is like, I want it to happen now. So I, I think it's going to happen sooner than later. And I think it's going to be most likely probably in front of the Thunderdome crowd, which is better than nothing. It's better than the Performance Center. But yeah, I'm I'm liking that a lot. I I like the the look and presentation of it. Uh, it's it's a nice change of pace, especially like for Raw and SmackDown because. I don't know about you, but I hate when the crowd's lit with blue and red lights. I hate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like this is this just looks really bright and it looks futuristic. It's but the future totally. is now. Well SmackDown so. SmackDown when it's all lit up with their lights, it looks like the opening graphics of SmackDown. You know, the opening sequence with the A C D C song playing. Yeah. Are you ready? It looks like that come to life. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what's great about all this. So Anyway, I, I just I, like listen. I know they don't want to drag out this eventual breakup for too long because then fans will get bored. And but I know they ultimately want a crowd there. I mean, who doesn't want a crowd? And re 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 reenact that uh, famous NXT takeover match in Brooklyn between the two of them five years ago. But unfortunately, you know, you don't want to over drag it. So I think it's going to happen sooner than later. But I mean, it's, my guess is probably going to happen in front of a Thunderdome crowd. Which is better than nothing, like I said, better than a performance center, but we'll wait and see. But anyway, new tag champions with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. So, uh, I mean, with the 
since they're the women's tag champions, they can appear both on Raw and SmackDown. So we're probably going to see a lot more Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler both on Raw and SmackDown now. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. (laughs) More Shayna Baszler is always a good thing. Totally. Yes. Nia Jax, I don't know. But anyway, after the match... Just keep the mic away from her. (laughs) Okay, so after the match, Charlie's in the ring to interview them, and, like, Nia Jax goes crazy, like, trying to, like, Hey, Mom, look, I'm up, we're champions! Yeah, it was very awkward. Yeah, it was was really awkward. Like, Shayna was kind of pushing off, like, like, shut up, and I don't know if they were supposed to do something else, but it just was a little awkward of a post-match commentary, or post-match, post-win interview, so... It, it, it that was a little awkward. I was gonna say so, but anyway, yeah. Enjoy more Nia Jackson, Champ Baszler on your TV screens now that they're women's champions. And next up, big match. We're all looking forward to Keith Lee taking on Randy Orton. Man, it was only six minutes and forty seconds. At least that's what it says here on Wikipedia. But man, what a match here, Richard. Your thoughts on this uh, clashing of two titans? Ah, uh, Keith Lee's a made man, dude. I know, right? Like, I texted you, we both texted almost at the same time, wow. Uh, But I also texted you while we were watching the show, and it's like, it feels like we haven't been, we haven't done the podcast in a week, because it's like, (laughs) like so much has changed. Like, we have Dominic now, and Dominic's amazing to watch, as we'll get into. Yeah. And uh, Keith Lee just pops into the picture, and now all of a sudden he's, in the main event scene and he's a baby face and it's like this is good because we were talking about a few weeks ago with drew mcintyre that uh uh there's more heels on raw so why take the title off of drew mm-hmm. so now you've got another lead baby face and then on we saw roman come back so it's like oh my god like there's just star power everywhere again yeah <laughs> it's um it's it's very interesting, and like, listen, I know we're not going to talk about Raw and SmackDown this week just because we're talking about focusing on payback, but this week on Raw was Keith Lee's debut, and I know it came with some controversy because a lot of people were upset that Keith Lee came out with some different uh, entrance music. Like, it started out with his old song, like, uh, Bask in his glory, and then it went, and it came up with some generic rock music. And a lot of people were like, oh, what the what the F? Like, what's going on here? And then he came out and he was wearing like a like a, a jacket. But then like people were saying it was a skirt. It was just loose fitting shorts, kind of yeah. similar to like Samoa Joe's attire. Mm-hmm. Um, he came out to the ring. And it's not a big deal at all. I, I mean, I listen to a bunch of pod. I, like, I don't even notice it once he's wrestling because he's incredible. So it's like why 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 is that the thing that you're focusing on yeah i mean a lot of people were saying like oh look wwe's already burying him on his first uh, first uh episode of raw being called up from nxt and it's like well listen i mean so he went on twitter right afterwards like listen the music he made the choice to switch it up and so it, it was reported within the next day not to get too sidetracked, but apparently WWE and uh, uh, the people that make their music now post Jim Johnson, this group. Uh, um, oh, my God. Tommy, do you know the name of the? No, I don't. Um, uh, they had the look, CFW look or CFOs for a while. Look, now dollar sign. Dollar sign. Those, they, yeah, they're, that, they're not there anymore. Correct. So they they don't work with them anymore. But the, it was reported that that music group, they have like a really bad publishing deal with their whatever record label and apparently like half the royalties goes to that publishing group and not the band 
So I think WWE was trying to, they were asking a lot of their wrestlers, if your theme song was made by that group, try to please stop using it so that we don't have to pay the royalties on them anymore. And some wrestlers, I think, said sure. And there's a lot of wrestlers who said, no, we don't, we want to keep our theme song. It's really important to us. And so Keith Lee, his theme song was made by that music group. And so, um, uh, um, uh, so, um, I guess they asked Keith Lee, well, can we change your theme song since it's made by that music group? And he said, sure. So I think that's what explains why he has like the generic rock music. And he, so he tweeted out, says, don't worry, I'm taking care of it. So I wouldn't be surprised if this changes or evolves over the coming weeks. Um, they were they're performed by uh, John Alicastro and Mike uh, Laurie, known collectively as CFO Dollar Sign. Yeah, that's who it is. So that the, WWE worked with them, that music group, after Jim Johnson. And uh, so they're trying to stop using the songs made by those guys. So anyway, Keith Lee's song was done by them. So they're trying to switch it up. And so Keith Lee, to his credit, you know, he, you know, being called up to Raw, I'm sure he's just trying to follow orders and be a good employee and said, sure, you don't want to use that theme song anymore because of that music group. Uh, fine. So I think that's what happened ultimately. So... And Keith Lee, you know, came out and a lot of people were like, oh, upset that he came out with these like bad generic rock song. And, you know, the gear was a little bit different. And, he, and like he had like that tight fitting shirt on, like an Under Armour type shirt. But it's like everyone's all upset. Like, oh, he's being bare. It's like, no, no. It's like, trust the process. He's, he's in there with the biggest heel in wrestling right now. Yeah. Not just WWE, the biggest heel in all of wrestling. And tonight he got a win over him. Yeah. So it's like, Everyone needs to calm the F down. Yeah. So uh, with that being said, yeah, he had the match with Randy Orton on Raw. Drew McIntyre interfered and uh, got took three uh, uh, punts to the head, which led him to the go to the hospital. And that's why he wasn't on payback this week. So Keith Lee, they had the rematch at payback. And yeah, as you said, dude, what an amazing victory, a huge win, clean victory over Randy Orton in six minutes and 40 seconds. And he got him clean with the finisher, with the spirit bomb. And it was cool. He came out to the ring. A lot of people were like on Twitter. like, what the F is he wearing? Did some research. He was wearing a, a costume very similar to something from Dragon Ball Z, from a character on Dragon Ball Z. So that's what explains his outfit. But yeah, he had back on the tight shorts again that he, or his trunks that he wears. And then he, but he still had the, the top on as well. So yeah. I don't know if that's going to stay long term. But anyway, he's tweeted out. It's like, people, relax. This is all... He'll, he's working on all this stuff. So everyone's concerned. So yeah, from the his first debut in Raw, a lot of people thought we're writing him off already, that he was going to be buried. Comes out on payback and gets a huge victory. I mean, what a way to make a, a statement by getting a clean victory over Randy Orton. So yeah, Richard, your thoughts on this match itself? That, that I mean, that's it. It's just kind of... They, they, he's a made man now. So a good six-minute match, whatever it was. So mm-hmm. yeah. How about you, Tommy? Uh, I mean, it, I thought it was just so nice seeing uh, Orton bump and sell his ass off for Keith Lee. And Lee made the most of it as well, I thought. And to me, it was very impactful. I think it was a short match by design, and it made uh, Keith Lee look more badass. And Randy Orton sold the spirit bomb like death, I thought. And Keith Lee, you know, he just looked great. Yeah. No, great match here. And I'm super excited for Keith Lee. What's next for him? Don't get caught up in the theme song and his look or the his uh his outfit. The fact that he still go out there and delivers the same style of match that we've seen on NXT speaks volumes that 
WWE has high plans for him. That's awesome. And then next up, second to last match of the night was the tag match. Uh, Dominic and Rey Mysterio taking on Seth Rollins and Murphy here. And uh, the Mysterio family gets a big victory, uh, making up for uh, the loss last weekend at SummerSlam. Richard, what were your takeaways from uh, this match here? Always cool to see someone tag with their son like that. So yeah. uh, Dominic is, is very, very, very impressive for his lack of experience. So exactly. Yeah, just uh, I- very much looking forward to seeing what he continues to do. Yeah, we saw them uh, tag on this episode of Monday Night Raw, but the uh, the finish was uh, interfered by Retribution, which, by the way, no Retribution on this pay-per-view. I think a lot of people thought they were going to come out and interfere in some capacity. No you sign sure? of them. You sure you didn't see Retribution? Why, did you see them somewhere? <laughs> maybe. Maybe, maybe. Maybe we saw the leader. Oh, okay. I okay. I see. Oh, that guy. Okay, I hear what you're saying. All right. Um, but so they had the rematch tonight, and yeah, Dominic looked awesome. I mean, I know for Ray, you could tell he looked super happy to uh, tag with his son. That was like his one last big bucket list item he wanted to accomplish in wrestling is have a match with his son. So you could tell when they first walked into the ring, they were hugging each other, and you could see a big old smile on Ray's face. And but yeah, Dominic just looks so natural in there, and his move sets were great. You know the high flying stuff he was doing. I mean, God, I mean, I, you know, listen, you're in the ring with uh, the greatest luchador of all time, his dad, Rey Mysterio, but also two just amazing pros and Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. So I'm sure the two of them were calling, helping him out, you know, sell for him, make him look like a million bucks. So. It was awesome. So great match here, and it, it was great. Like I'm so happy for Dominic, and hopefully we saw uh, Buddy Murphy accidentally take out Seth Rollins, and then even though they lost, you saw uh, Seth Rollins walk away, look very upset. So is Buddy Murphy maybe going to get kicked out of the Monday Night Messiah's group? I don't know. So that's yet to be seen. So we'll see how this plays out on uh, Raw this week. And here comes the main event, no holds barred match, triple threat for the WWE. Universal Championship, the champion, the fiend, Bray Wyatt, taking on Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns, who we uh, saw um, on SmackDown this week. A shocker, the last 20 seconds of SmackDown. We see, uh, okay, so throughout the night, Vince McMahon came out early in the show, told Adam Pierce he had to get all three of them to sign the contract to make the match official. And uh, Adam Pierce <laughs> went along, dressed up like a postman to go to the Firefly Funhouse to have Bray sign the contract. Found Braun Strowman eventually after his match with Drew Gulak. He signed it, and then he found Roman Reigns. Which, by the way, real quick, Adam Pierce. I thought he was awesome. I think he should be the GM of Raw and SmackDown. He's great on television. Tommy, you keep praising how he's a former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. So I love that he's finally you know gained his time to shine in WWE as a as a, a personality for them. Hopefully, he can be like some more of an authority figure as a GM or something down the road. But anyway, finds Roman Reigns finally in his dressing room, and he's looking at it, and then the camera pans out, and we see. We see Paul Heyman sitting there, and everyone is shocked. Is like Paul Heyman now Roman Reigns' representative, his manager. So it was a very shocking moment to end SmackDown this week because we know their long history as far as Paul Heyman representing Brock Lesnar, and now it was one of his biggest opponents was Roman Reigns. So, like I said, extreme shocker there. 
So the match starts, and we see only The Fiend and Braun Strowman in the ring. They're going at it. Roman Reigns nowhere in sight the majority of this match. Finally, towards the end, uh, a spot that we've seen quite a few times now with uh, The Big Show, Brock Lesnar, also Big Show, and Braun Strowman. Uh, the Fiend and Braun Strowman are on one of the top of the ropes. Go for a suplex, land on the mat, and the whole ring collapses uh, in the in the middle of the arena. Poor Charles Robinson. <laughs> he goes flying out of the ring. He does the bump like Ric Flair. You yeah. Know? And then we see uh, Roman Reigns start coming out. My only problem, he had his old theme song. A lot, a lot of people were hoping he was going to get new music here. But he came out wearing the same attire that he had at SummerSlam. And he comes out, he signs the contract, then gives it to Paul Heyman. Then he goes running into the ring with the chair, but then he puts the chair down and he starts trying to go for the pin on Bray Wyatt. No luck. He goes for the pin on Braun Strowman. No luck. So he's kind of like, looks shocked. Um, and then he starts using the chair. So my, my question is a couple things. One, Richard, um, is Roman Reigns a heel now officially? And then, then get, please give me your thoughts on the match itself. Uh, he's definitely a heel. Uh, yeah. it, it, as for the match, I don't think it was much of a match. It was a brawl, and then it almost felt like something you'd have seen Brock Lesnar do. I'm not complaining about any of this. I thought it was fine, yeah. um, especially to end the show that way. Because yeah, I'm not going to complain when the show ends early. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I was fine with it. I, I I do question why. If we got here this way, why they took the belt off of Braun instead of having Braun hold on to it for another week, unless they just wanted that to be a SummerSlam moment. True. Yeah. And then that way, yeah, you never you didn't see it coming, whatever the tagline was. And then uh, yeah, because they've been be- saying that all week on all the shows now. So, yeah, it was interesting uh, as far as what we saw at SummerSlam by himself. We're like, oh, is, is he a heel? Because he tacked both of them. But then we saw him with Paul Heyman, who Paul Heyman's normally a heel manager. And even his body language on SmackDown is like, he's kind of showing heel tendencies. And then in this match here, it's a very chicken-esque style of heel move there as far as waiting to the very end to sign the contract and go for that opportunity when both guys are down. Very similar to like a money in the bank type of situation where he goes in for the kill and tries to sneak out a victory. So... He, uh, you know, low blowed one of them and then, uh, you know, hit Braun Strowman with the chairs and he got the pin in the lopsided ring, got the three count. He's the new universal champion. So here begins the new era of Roman Reigns as universal champion with Paul Heyman at his side. So I guess the question is, Richard, why? Why is Paul Heyman representing Roman Reigns now? Tune into SmackDown. That's exactly why they're doing it the way they're doing it right now. Is so that you t- tune in to see what happens next. And, and and the funny thing is, of course, when we saw Paul Heyman on SmackDown, a lot of people online were like, oh, AJ's going to leave SmackDown now and go back to Raw to get away from a, uh, uh, Paul Heyman because of the obvious beef that the two of them have, or at least, you know, AJ calling him a liar about the Good Brothers release and all that stuff. So we could save that for another time. But anyway, I, I, I enjoyed it. It was definitely not the best match. I mean, it was very much a throwaway. It's fine for what it was. For what it was, setting up Roman as a heel, a heel champion, and hopefully we'll get more explanation of his actions on SmackDown next week. So we could speculate, but let's just save until we hear more from it on uh, SmackDown on next week's episode. Tune in to In the Click next week for an update. Rate, review, and subscribe. 
on that note, yeah, let's go home for tonight. Richard, where can all the clicksters find you online? You can find me at pro underscore wrestling underscore 101 on Instagram and nowhere else. And please give Bounty Hunter Brothers a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. They do our theme music. Tommy, how about you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at IronFist1982. And I'm Baby Huey. Follow me on Facebook at Baby Huey Official, Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey83. And as Richard said, yeah, follow us. Uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Just search for In The Click. Also, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please rate, comment, share, all that good stuff. Because when you do that, it helps forward promote the show and hopefully get some new listeners. And our numbers have been going up, so that's always a good sign. And uh, thank you to, us. I think, WrestleZone, who shared uh, the Miz interview recently. So hopefully more of our interviews get picked up by other wrestling outlets. So super uh, happy for that and excited for uh, what the future holds for us. So uh, on that note, let's go home for tonight. And that's the bottom line, because he, we said so. <laughs>